Welcome to the HVAC Business Growth Podcast. Is your business getting beaten by the competition? Are your profits dwindling? It's time to kickstart your HVAC business. Here's your host, Nick Balowski. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the HVACBusinessGrowth.com podcast. I'm your host, Nick Balowski. We've got a great episode lined up here today. The topic for today's podcast is joint ventures. Joint ventures are really a great way to exponentially increase your business. So if you're not doing joint ventures right now, I think it's something that you should really look into. It's really an overlooked uh, way of marketing your business. Most people just tend to stick to the normal radios or newspapers or the internet advertising and they don't really look in their own backyard or look into the relationships that they've actually got with other people. I think joint ventures are great actually if you're starting out. So if you're new into business or you're trying to do something new with your business, as in you might be relaunching or something like that, or even if you're just a little bit short on funds to do the advertising that you really want to do, maybe you don't have the budget or your cash flow isn't good, then joint ventures are a fantastic way to just really generate some traffic and generate some interest in your business. So basically what joint ventures are is you need to find a partner who has already built up the goodwill with your target customers and then what you do is just leverage that particular partnership. Most people think you know joint ventures are really an eye for an eye type of thing where you can use my list if I can use yours. It doesn't really have to, to be that way at all. And we're going to go into a couple of different ways that you can structure your deals later on. But I just thought I'd start with um, a little bit of a brainstorming session. So if you're doing residential heating and cooling, let's have a think about the types of people that you could joint venture with. So builders are going to be a fantastic person or company that you can joint venture with. Obviously, builders are going to be creating new homes and new structures and those types of things and if something isn't built it actually doesn't have you know heating and cooling system in it which is what you're going to sell so if you can create a relationship with a builder or many builders which would be ideal then you can get your heating and cooling systems into the buildings that they're actually creating so you can leverage off the marketing that they're actually doing, which I think is fantastic. Obviously, you're going to market yourself trying to get your own you know, installations and services done. But if you can leverage off the advertising of somebody else, you know, then that's more firepower that you've got. The same goes for property developers as well. Normally, property developers might do complexes or they might do four townhouses or eight townhouses or whatever the development is they might be doing a big apartment block if you can have a good quality relationship with that developer and joint venture with them then that's a great chunk of business um, that's going to be coming in you know if you could get the contracts for a particular high-rise apartment you know that might be more than enough business for your particular company for the entire year so there's a lot of firepower in doing joint ventures on a smaller scale plumbers are obviously really good some plumbers are actually qualified as you might well know to actually service and install heating and cooling systems so but the ones that aren't you can actually leverage their experience so 
some plumbers, particularly in the residential market, are doing you know a job every two hours on every given day, and they see a lot of stuff. So you might be able to be a partner of that particular plumbing business, where if they see something, you get recommended to that residence. So that's almost like a referral, but it depends how you structure the deal as to whether it becomes a joint venture or not. So let's talk about uh, commercial joint ventures here. If you're doing big commercial uh, heating and cooling uh, systems or contracts, then it's a good idea to try and build relationships with the particular people that are doing it. So again, it might be the developers or the builders, or it might actually be the investment group. So I know in Australia, um, there's quite a big uh, group called Westfield who do a lot of major shopping complexes. So again, if you're into the, the contract side of things, if your business could actually land one of these big shopping center complexes, then that would give you enough business for you know quite a while to keep a lot of people employed and you bring in a lot of profit. Trying to build relationships with these types of business is absolutely essential to playing the joint venture card correctly. Also, commercial builders might be building uh, warehouses as well. Um, they might build several warehouses a year, and whilst it might not be as big a job as doing a large multi-story shopping center, you know, getting a warehouse job probably if you if you can actually do the job, like if you have the the resources and the tools to do it and the staff to do it, you know, you wouldn't knock a job like that back. So, building a relationship with these types of people is absolutely essential to getting this type of business. I think. So another way that you can use joint ventures is in your advertising. Joint ventures for advertising, it's fantastic if you are short on initial funds. Advertising, as you probably know, in your business is really, really expensive. Radio can cost tens of thousands of dollars. Billboards might cost up to $100,000. Running an ad in your major metropolitan newspaper you know, might be close to six figures if you want to do it on a weekend. You know, if you want to get a good quality ad, magazines are super expensive as well. So you can set up some joint venture relationships where what you basically say is that instead of paying up front for the particular advertising, you negotiate. And there's lots of ways that you can do this. You can change your terms so they are in arrears. So what that basically means is that, let's say, if a particular radio ad was to cost you $10,000, Instead of paying the $10,000 up front, you might ask to have 30 days to pay for the advertising after it's actually run. So what that actually does is basically the radio company invests into your business. So obviously a little bit of goodwill is involved there. And they're happy that you are going to pay them after the profits actually come in. That's a good way of doing it, but you know some people don't. Uh, like you trying to mess with the, the terms and conditions of their payment structure. So you might actually offer a percentage of profit or you might offer a particular dollar value per customer. In some of the more recent episodes, I think it might have been one of the direct marketing podcasts that we did, we spoke about knowing what your client value is actually worth. So if a client is worth $800 of profit to your business, just say if you're in the residential market, you know how much of that are you willing to pay out to get that customer? You know you might be willing to pay 
$400 or $100 or whatever it is to get that customer. So you, if you know that, you can negotiate with the radio company in this example and say, we're not going to pay you the $10,000 rate here, but what we are going to do is give you X amount of dollars per customer that's generated and we'll pay that to you. So that's going to work on companies that are really open to generating alternative sources of income. The thing about uh, trying to sell radio or billboard spots or something like that is you're actually limited in a way in terms of how much stock you've got. You know, there's only so many minutes of ads that you can sell at a certain price point and your income is quite limited. Whereas in this case here, if you're offering a percentage of profit or a per dollar per customer type of arrangement, then it's literally limitless the amount of profit that the uh, company can make here for both of you, you know, you, your heating and cooling company, but also the advertising company that you're dealing with as well. So it doesn't hurt to ask the question. It's something that you should really look into. So ideally with that, you know, if you've got the philosophy of paying for results instead of paying for advertising, the only problem is in the digital day and age, it doesn't quite work so well. You can't walk up to Google and ask for, you know, payment you know, after you get results on your Google AdWords or your Facebook campaigns or, you know, all the other digital traffic type of sources out there. A lot of the big agencies or the good, good quality search marketing companies won't um, negotiate these sort of terms for you as well. So it tends to work on a lot of the more, I guess you could say, old school type of advertising mediums, so radio, billboards, newspapers, magazines, those types of things. They're quite expensive, those mediums, so if you can negotiate some of your advertising costs and work it out like a joint venture, that can actually work quite well. Some of the joint venture techniques that I feel actually work outside of the advertising side of things is endorsed mailings. So if you haven't heard of endorsed mailings, basically what it is is you find a joint venture partner who has a list of prospects or a list of customers or VIPs or whatever it is, they have a list of people. So basically you get them to send a letter and what happens in the letter is they actually endorse you. So you might get a letter from your local plumber or you set it up that you get a letter created with your local plumber and they send the letter out to all of their uh, mailing list. They've got all the customers that they've done business with. And they basically outline how they've created this relationship with you and they think that you're fantastic and that if you have any heating and cooling issues in the future that they highly recommend that they use your business. And they put an offer in there or you create an offer where it might be a, a discount or it might be a voucher for something to be used within a certain period of time. There's lots of ways that you can actually do it but the endorsed mailing is fantastic because what you're doing is leveraging the relationship that has already been created. So you've probably heard the saying before, it doesn't matter what you say about yourself, it's what other people say about you. In this case here, somebody else is actually endorsing the work that you do and that adds to your credibility. It works fantastically well endorsed mailings. So it's something that you should really look at. A step down from the endorsed mailing side of thing is the email side of thing as well. So you, they might send an endorsed email that works quite well, although email open rates are, are declining and you know 
people, you know, probably see email as a little bit more of a spammier and simpler way of doing things. So you can still do this. Um, you can also just basically get somebody's raw email list that they've created and borrow that email list off them. Again, it's not quite as good. It can actually come through as spam because, in a sense, they haven't exactly you know, given permission for you to email them uh, directly, but you're sort of borrowing the permission from somebody else. So that can be a bit tricky. Um, another thing that I think works quite well is using an insert type of approach. So basically, if one of your joint venture partners does regular mail outs, you can actually offer to pay for their their mail you pay for their postage their their envelopes their stamps if you can put an advertisement or a voucher or something like that or a letter inside of the ad that they're actually doing and you'll find that most people will go for this because hey they don't have to pay to get their initial marketing message out there and then you get to hijack that as well obviously a word of caution there is that you still need to know what your average dollar per customer uh, value is or your lifetime customer value that's really important when you're doing something like this another thing that you can do from a joint venture perspective really really simple is you can just take a lot of business cards around to some potential partners take a stack of business cards around and if they're in their business and they're having a conversation with somebody and it might come up that your heating and cooling business is the you know, the ideal solution then you ask if they can recommend you and you can set that up in terms of you know it might just be a free recommendation they might not get anything out of it or you might set it up like an affiliate type of arrangement where you might give them a percentage or a finder's fee or something like that for bringing you business it's a bit of a gray line between in this case a joint venture and a referral but I think you get the idea so it's very much you know leveraging the relationships that other people have got okay so how do we structure these deals so we've already come up with a few ideas before you can obviously do a percentage of profit that can work quite well um, you can do a percentage of sale the great thing about a percentage of sale is you know the way you can leverage and sell your business is virtually unlimited because you know you're getting say two dollars in profit and you're only giving one away you know that scales very very easily and given the opportunity, you know, somebody would always pay one dollar to get two dollars back. You know, a, a kid would even consider doing that. That's something pretty simple and easy to work out. So the other way that we can structure these deals is basically a list for a list. So if somebody in you know a similar market or you know another joint venture partner, they might have a list and you can basically email or mail to their list and in return they can do the same to yours as well I guess the thing is with a, a heating and cooling type of situation particularly if you're in the residential market you know if you have a large list of residential customers you know they're actually interested in quite a number of other things apart from your heating and cooling services you know these same people who have just moved into, say, a new home, you know, and they have a heating and cooling system that you've installed, they're also interested in televisions and Blu-ray DVD plays and computers and, and those sorts of things. So you can actually make some money off the list and the advertising that you've done as well. So 
you're making the advertising dollars that you've spent actually go just that little bit further by making some more money off the back end. You know, in the online marketing world, this is actually a legitimate business for most people. You know, they spend the money to generate large lists of millions of people and they actually make more money renting out their list of people to, to other businesses than what they do actually selling their own products and services. So this back end, the, the trail side of marketing, if you like, can actually be very profitable if you work it out properly. So now it's time for another HVACBusinessGrowth.com tip of the week. So this week's tip of the week is really an action tip. So what I want you to do, depends whether you're in the residential or the commercial type of market, but what I want you to do is approach at least one person this week about a joint venture. So if you're a residential HVAC company, I want you to go and talk to a builder or pick up the phone and talk to a builder or a developer about setting up some sort of joint venture relationship or partnership where you can leverage the relationship or partnerships that they have with people. I think it's going to be fantastic if you can do that. If you're a commercial uh, HVAC business, then again, pick up the phone and speak to somebody that has the type of customers that you're looking for, has the types of clients that you are looking for. It's really a cheap way of marketing your business and getting your business message in front of your potential customers. So again, get on the internet, go into the yellow pages, go through your business cards and actually contact at least one person this week about sorting out a joint venture for your businesses. Okay, so that's all we've got time for today on the HVAC Business Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Belowski. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time. This has been another edition of the HVAC Business Growth Podcast. For more marketing tips and strategies, go to the website, hvacbusinessgrowth.com.